Okay, so you have a new book out. Tell everyone about it. Yes, uh, the new book is called Let the Wild Grasses Grow. It's inspired by my grandma and grandpa Cordova, uh, Della Chavez and, and John Cordova, and it's kind of a look at what would happen to them if I if these two favorite people in my life lived, well, they did live during the 1920s, but what what, what could I envision, envision happen to them throughout that time? You can pick it up at toryhousepress.org or anywhere else that you buy your books, preferably, preferably independent uh, bookstores. Thanks. She's like, that's the the past is the past, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was kind of like, and and so they were, so both my grandparents wow. were Southern Colorado, Northern New Mexico. Their generation before them was New Mexico, okay. Um, and then my grandma's grand, my grandma's mom was actually from Bolivia, so uh, oh, yeah, wow. so it's a mix that way. Oh my um, god! I and mean, I, so I'm writing this essay, and um, just re, I like read your preface, and I was like, this is exactly what I've been wow. talking about in this essay and it's this identity thing in the essay identity. and I'm pitching yeah. it out to a lot of people like we, our voice is important. This group 100%. of us who, this group of us who just don't know. And it's like, but we, we know, don't, and we don't fit. We in don't a bubble, fit right? anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I actually said, yeah. to, I actually wrote my publisher for the next book and I said, can I do a preface just like this? You know, um, wow. Because I was yeah, so taken yeah. by, because it, it was just, it was just perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Oh, we're man, probably, that means so much to me. We're, we're probably uh, related, you know. So well, you, when you, yeah, when you said Trinidad and Southern, like, so my, like, yeah, the Taylor side, like, mostly comes from like an area called Walsenburg, mm -hmm. and and there's some areas there. That's where my grandpa was born in okay, Walsenburg. So yeah, so my that's, grandpa. My that's gr where a lot of yeah, that's where a lot of yeah that side originates from, and then and then all of like my dad's side and a lot of my mother's side is from like the Taos and like yep. Española area yeah. where, and I grew up in Santa Fe. That's my hometown. Right. No, my so, grandpa um, Cordova and my grandma Chavez were both born in Walsenburg. Okay. So there's gotta yeah, be, cause so, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure we're, we're about the same age. So I think yeah. we're like in that same yeah. cohort. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. So one day, man, you and I, you and I yeah. should open up the, cause I've done, a, I've done genealogy. I've actually yeah, found common ancestors back to Zacatecas, Mexico yep. and Spain. Yep. Um, so I'm sure there's some, there's some connection yep. there, but I have two um, both sides. It's wow. hard. To, it's hard to trace though. Like my it's dad's, really my dad's side, the Johnston side, they're like yeah. Mormon. Right. So okay. they, they're traced back to Jesus. You know I mean? I was going to say yeah, literally, right? Brandon? I mean, they, <laughs> so the problem, the yeah. problem is, uh, some dude named Rob Lowe, has a podcast oh. name literally. Mm. I and, saw that. Uh, yeah. What's yes, his deal? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna call his agent. Yeah, really. Say, Come on. Yeah. Um, so on my my mom's side, it's Cordova Chavez. My mom's mm -hmm. Cordova. My grandma was a Chavez, and then it's Gonzalez, and then it's Matias, and then yes. you know, and then on my my grandma's side though, it's like it almost disappears because she's the native side, and it's like yeah. it just you like you can trace my grandpa Cordova all the way back to yeah you know what we're talking yeah. yeah but mm -hmm. my grandma it just goes it just dies like wow. two generations back through so. there's always a brick wall yeah. wow that is dude that is i mean i'm just everything you're saying like it's we have so much in common yeah and i i would love to just offline at some point we can you know go through the yeah i'm going back to a family reunion this summer in in Clayton which is like the, the northeast corner of New Mexico so where Clayton where New Mexico meets Texas and Oklahoma, there's a little 
tiny postage stamp town. That's where a lot of my more recent relatives are from mm -hmm. um, because everyone kind of moved down from Colorado or, you know, yeah. centrally from Santa Fe and Albuquerque. And so that's, so yeah. And I'd love to read your stuff, man. I yeah. think that's something that, especially when we talk about giving a voice or raising the voice for this sort of quiet demographic that we all part right, of, like right. the Southwest, you know, Hispano story, if you will, right. is, is really, it's, we just haven't, there's just not a lot of voices there. Right. And, and I think there's something cool. There's a book I recommend to you. It's called El Norte. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if you ever read El Norte. Mm -hmm. It's a huge like book. It's a big book. Um, it's, it's ironically, it's written by a British lady and, yeah. and she, she, she kind of gives this like treatise of like every state that's, you know, that used to be Spanish America. So Florida right. to Texas, to California, New Mexico, right. And kind of goes through the whole history of kind of how, and and why that sort of history went away and sort of the sort of gentrification that went that happened with that as a result and um so anyway i just think it's in, an interesting it's good read i, I hope yeah you i'll, I'll it look it up for sure yeah, yeah for sure market, so. yeah i mean but of course like, i spend my whole life that way and I, the way that you describe it just hit me perfectly because i've yeah. spent my whole life like who are we who are we who are yeah we? exactly who are and, we? And here, and I, you know, it's funny case because here's the thing: you probably, you were, we were, in the, we were at Pacific at the same time, mm -hmm. and so I, my legal name is Brian Taylor, mm -hmm. and so there's not many Taylors in New Mexico. Right. That the, the Taylor component is a whole other story that I can tell you about as to why it all goes back to Walsenburg, the Civil War, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. Long story short, my mom's maiden name is Garcia, and so. You know, in the Spanish tradition, you right. add your mom's the, name. The to maternal so, name stays lo uh, one stays. generation longer. Exactly. Right. So I'm actually, I am, I, so I use Taylor Garcia as pen name. That's, that's, that's yeah. the pen name. But I am actually starting to, you know, actually legally add it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that in the, in the writing world, I go by Taylor Garcia, but at Pacific, I was just Brian Taylor. Right. And it's funny because you and I pass for yeah. like, is he brown or is he white? I, 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 or, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure you got like, do you get like Greek? Oh, I get Italian, Italian. always Italian, Italian. Middle yeah. East, Italian and Middle Eastern. South American. My, well, yeah, my, like, my mother-in-law, when I first met her said, is he an Arab? Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> you know, and she's yeah. from Kansas, so Arab was her most politically that's, correct way to say it. Yeah, uh, that's the brownest. Is, yeah, is he an Arab? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and yeah, in the Spanish-speaking world, so like if my mom followed the tradition, yeah, she would have been Cordova Chavez instead of Cordo Cordova, yeah. and I would yeah. have been Johnston Cordova. That's so funny. Yeah, it's exactly. So, you yeah. just add, add her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah because the, they keep the maternal line one generation mm -hmm. longer, one generation uh, which longer. is really really interesting. I uh, love it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I've always now that I've published, I'm like I'm I'm, and that's that's exactly what the preface is about. Right. Is, is because I believe that there. There's, Are you there's recording video... now? We should record this. Okay. You were recording. Okay, good, good. Go for it. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Taylor. Over. I see. I see. Yeah, but I, I think there's there's a big push in the literary world, specifically for Latino writers, Hispanic writers, for authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you heard about you know the lady who wrote what is it called American American Dirt. Dirt. Yeah. And she's like, what's this white lady doing writing this right. like story about this Mexican? And so I was like, look, I'm gonna just come up front and say it like who I am, where I'm from. And yes. you know, I've got all the receipts. You right. <laughs> exactly. And, you want to check my yeah. ancestry.com? I have exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to use a pen name, right? I'm going to, but at the same time, like, you know, just being um, transparent about it. Cause I think transparency is like a very sexy thing right now. And right. so, yeah, 
might as well put it out there. So I think you and I, I mean, there's just so much, like, right. I think we could, yeah. you know, collaborate and, on. And Brandon said he's been recording, so we, he'll, I think he can edit this in really well. Oh, nice. Okay, um, cool. And I think and we're talking about the preface to uh, Taylor Garcia's new uh, short story uh, collection, Functional Families. This is Case Johnston. This is a literally podcast. We're podcasting a day from Banyan One Studio on Historic 25th Street in Ogden, Utah. Welcome, Taylor, to to the podcast and we kind of jumped into a conversation here and this is this is will be our intro now about taylor's preface and what it means to be authentic within the latinx world within the latin latino uh writing family i would say um and his preface basically we kind of just started jumping in is because i think we're 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 our roots are from the same place, Northern Colorado, New Mexico, this Mexico, this place in the world that was Mexico at one time, was Spanish at one time, then it was the United States, um, that doesn't, we don't believe, has a representative voice within literature. Um, and so um, Taylor was discussing transparency and the fact um, that it's it's a good thing these days because of things like American Dirt. Um, my pre, my newest novel obviously was based on my grandma and grandpa Cordova. It's it, it's it's them, you know, it's them a reimagining of their lives. Um, and so we are coming from the same place, uh, literarily and kind of historically and kind of culturally. And so I'm excited to talk to Taylor about this. Last time we talked about it, I think I was a little bit drunk. Uh, I think Taylor was sober. Um, but, uh, we, we spent, we, we were, we were at Pacific university together. Um, and that's how we know each other. And he's got a new book, a new set of short stories called functional families. You should pick it up. I've read it this week and I absolutely, uh, love it. Um, so we were just talking about that idea of transparency within the literary world, especially for the Latinx, uh, community and how my mother-in-law thought I was, she, the, her first question that she asked me was it to my daughter, uh, was what, what she meant. She gave her a little break. It was 2001 right after like nine 11 and I just flown back <laughs> from Europe and she asked me, is he Arab? Um, so I think, I don't know what the intention uh, was. Uh, but as Taylor was saying, we pass, I, I usually get Italian. I don't know if you know Paisley Rechdal, who's the, the state poet laureate of Utah. She's amazing. Her, her new book called Appropriate was published by Norton. And it's all about this idea of who can write what. So if you ooh. haven't picked it up, it's fabulous. Um, okay. she's probably, probably the most, she's, she's a genius. Uh, but I think cool. Taylor, you'll love it. And we talk about this and she's half Chinese American and um, as, as Taylor and I are both Latinx, um, yep. um, we we're always called Italian. So I always text her and say, <laughs> I got another person to say I was Italian today. Um, <laughs> so, but today we're going to talk about uh, Taylor's stories. And this is sorry, Taylor, but this is so I haven't done a podcast since November. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. like, as everybody knows, my dad passed in February and I just haven't read books. I haven't done anything. And I'm calling myself as, as you can, I don't know if that popped up there. No, he kept me backstage. I'm calling myself Renaissance case. Um, <laughs> and so these podcasts are going a little bit more. This is Renaissance case. Uh, we're having, a, I just want to, in the past, they've been a little bit more formal and I really want right. to get to know authors. Um, more and this just came to me tonight. I'm just kind of like honestly, just like, let's talk. And Love it. of course, the, the the point of this podcast is to uh, highlight your book in the world. You know, so anything. So if if any question doesn't work for you, just go for it because I want you. I want you to give people what you want to give people when it comes to to your work and to to your book. Um. So I read awesome. Funct- functional families. Um. 
um, you, this Kate. week, and I, I, a few of them stuck out to me. But I want to talk about really quickly, like when it comes to putting together like a collection. You know, this yeah. idea. I, 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 I've never written a short story in my life. I jumped from mm. memoirs straight to novels, um, and the short story to me, almost like a poem. Honestly, I love poetry and I love the, sh- I love short work. But right. to me, as a writer, they really are mystery. They're mis- It's a mystery to me to sure. write short stories. How does a book like this, you know, how did this one come about? Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, that's what I love about short stories. I, I, I think you're right that there's there's this idea that they are um, sort, of, sort of mysterious. Um, I'm a big fan of George Saunders who says something to the effect where it's like when you when you go into a short story, it's like going into like a black box. And you kind of enter in one way and then you kind of come out a different way and everything's changed and everything's different. Um, and so I love this idea of like these, these small universes that inhabit like a short story. And, um, and I think I had, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was at Pacific or it was another mentor who said, when you're telling a short story or writing a short story, you want to arrive late and leave early. And so um, almost every short story tends to be like just a quick view of this one part of maybe a larger story or a larger, you know, narrative. And so you're telling just enough information or sharing just enough information. And so that's kind of how I approach, you know, when I write these. Um, and, and I think when I look at this collection of stories, a lot of it was about, you know, the, the family's piece didn't come till later. And I could talk about that in a moment, but, right. but when I came to these stories, um, I realized that there are just those little, and you remember this from our program, like glimmers, right? Those little, mm-hmm. yeah, glimmers. Th- those little things that we just cradle yeah. by this whole story. And we're just, we're trying to just have that one little piece come to life and, and all the rest is just sort of holding it up. Yeah. And so, um, so when I wrote these out, you know, as, as, as I was thinking about it, there were either experiences that I had or people in my life, family members, or, you know, especially in our culture, there's a lot of like family mythologies mm-hmm. and a lot of sort of yes. like tales that are passed down. And it's those are the little things that I was cradling. Those are the grim- glimmers that I was cradling that came to life in the form of a short story. And and so so that's kind of where a lot of these come from. Um, almost every single one has something based in a family event, a family story, a history, a character, someone in my life or, or something that I've experienced personally. And of course, I've morphed it. Um, and changed it. And that's where most of these stories come from. Yeah. So. Um, and then the shaping of it probably came later. Like you yeah, said, like so with families and yeah, the kind of exactly. the headings of like fathers, daughters, mothers, others, right? I mean, yeah. it probably came later. Unknowingly or is it just kind of? Kind of unknowingly. Like so to, so the, a lot of these stories actually were part of my thesis from Pacific. Okay, yeah. And so, so a lot of these ended up being like sort of these disparate, like they didn't really kind of make a lot of sense. Like how does this fit with this? You know, it just doesn't. So they, you know, most collections or stories have some kind of unifying theme, but, and as I look back and I I started to kind of see these stories, it it, it became clear to me much later, like years and years later that, that these are all about families. Like these are about families that are just like, not necessarily falling apart, but they're not perfect families at all. You know, they're, they're experiencing some kind of trouble, hardship, or there's, you know, a member of the family that's in, in a bad space, or there's something just really weird, you know, or, or strange and, or something really beautiful. Right. And so, so I realized that these were about families and, and 
you know, I'm a big believer in irony. I love things that are ironic. And um, one of my topics of my thesis was ironic redemption. Like, how do you give redemption to something ironically? And so a lot of these, so even the title functional families is very ironic because it's like, no family is perfect. Right. There's no such thing as a functional family. Right. Everybody's got some dysfunction. Right. And when I looked at every one of these individually, and then when I step back and look at all of them together, I'm like, yeah, these are all pretty much dysfunctional families. Right. You know, they're all like, they're all brought, the, the thing that makes them cohesive is the fact that they, they have dysfunction. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that is functioning. That's functioning. Right. Precisely. You know, we all yes. function within our dis- dysfunction. Mo- most of us. That's right. Yeah. Most right. of us. Yeah. So that's really, really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I kind of read through all the stories and, and I love how you put them together, yeah. but I could see it from a writer perspective too. Like I wrote these yeah. stories, you know, they were all over the place, but right. now I'm kind of seeing this theme in my own stuff, which happens yeah. a lot. Right. I mean, do you have, I mean, cause you've written novels too, right? Yeah, I have another book that's yeah. out called Slip Soul. Um, came came out the same earlier of last year, and Functional Families came out in um, November. Yeah, right. So right, mm-hmm. and so it's yeah. that kind of like idea of like you know I, when you do when you're doing the work, there's a lot less purpose, right? Um, than when you look back and recognize that there actually was, right? I mean, something totally. Like, I mean, I think that was with, with short story collections. I always look at them, and I, yeah. and I know because I because we're in the writing community. Right. Mm-hmm, Cause I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends who are writers as you do. Mm-hmm. I know that when we're going out there, we're not doing this stuff on purpose. You know I mean? Right. I, I, yeah. I like to tell students that I'm like, you think we've got it all together, but <laughs> we don't have it together at all. Oh, uh, yeah. But subconsciously, I believe that we really kind of do. Yeah. I agree with you, man. I, I think, I think when I set out to write a story, I always, the analogy I use is that I've got like this little dustpan. I've always used this metaphor. Yeah. And I'm just sweeping up all kinds of stuff, right? And and I don't know where it's going to end up. And it and then it just sort of somehow comes together, you know, somehow meaningfully and in some way. And and that's exactly right. I think the way these kind of came together, um, and even the book, you know, I just my method is I just write to write, yeah. And I and I see where it goes. And and maybe it, you know, maybe I have the end in mind, or maybe I have a couple characters in mind. Um, I'm a big idea person, so I like to start with an idea, mm-hmm. and then things kind of start to take shape when it comes to like the characters or the nuances right, or right. things like that. So even putting this collection together, I, I experienced some of that. Like, okay, wow, I can see it starting to come together based on these things, and and there is some cohesiveness based on these thematic elements and and sort of these you know unifying themes or whatever. But there were there were stories that I wrote sort of much later that. I kind of knew that like, yeah, I'm sure. missing something here. Mm-hmm. So these are going to come later and um, they sort of fit in, in the right place right. in the book. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're a big, yeah. I, you're a big idea guy. I feel, I see, I think I'm a big idea guy. So does that mean yeah. like you're messy? Like, are you a, are you a clean person? Cause I'm a messy person. I'm, I'm a clean Like in life? Like in life, like <laughs> hygiene wise, I'm very, I'm very hygienic, but man, my, if my wife leaves for a couple of days, I am the messiest person on the planet. I'll clean up of That's course before funny. she gets back. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I have very, <laughs> Wow. No, that's funny. I'm actually a little more, I'm a little more of a neat freak. Like Mm. if you saw my desk right now, you'd be like, does this guy even work? Cause Mm. it's like very Spartan. I have very few things. And in my home, I'm like the chief laundry steward. I'm the cook. I'm the, I do all the cleaning. My wife's got it made. So it's it's funny because I, I, I definitely, I like order. So when I come to the page, um, it's, it's totally opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah, I'm it's very different. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a big idea guy. I'm not good at details. I mean, I am not good okay. at details at all. And but when I come to writing, I'm good at details. So yeah. it's kind of the same, you know. It's kind of the same. It's yeah, like there's your, out in there's the your superpower. <laughs> yeah, in the outside world, I am not good at details. Oh, I love but when that. it comes to writing, I actually really the details are everything. You know, they're, so they're perfect. You're uh, just saving it, Case. Huh? That's all. You're just saving it. Just sa- yeah. yeah, that's a great excuse. You know, that's why I... Yeah, know. that's that's the craft. That's, that's the, the art the craft. Right that's, you know... You got to save know. the best for when you need it, right? Uh, right. <laughs> so, you know, as I did last time, so like this is Renaissance Case, I forgot the bio, but I'm going to read the bio from the back of the book, but then I want you to fill, okay. us, fill us in on uh, on the new, the novel, too. Because it's not in the it's not in the book it's not in the bio, so Taylor Garcia is the author of the short story collection Functional Families and other stories and essays. He also writes the weekly column Father Time at the Good Man Project. You know, my first publication was with Good Man Project. Really, my very first, and it was about my grandpa Cordova and how at 82 years old he went off the wagon, and ended up in on a fishing trip in Alaska. And ended up getting drunk with day traders. <laughs> it was, oh it was a, but of course it was about his. I would al- love to read that. It was about his alcoholism. Yeah. It was about our history. It was about everything. Um, wow. But the cool. Goodman Project has been really, really good to me. I love them there. Um, oh, I would love to. You still contribute? Or I did. I think I had two with them last year. Um, you know, nice. it's pretty rare. I just. Well, I've got to look you up. When I think <clears throat> of something that I feel like fits them, you know, I think mm-hmm. I published. 10 or 11 essays with them, but they were one of my first. Um, so I, um, I love them. I love them and I love what they've been, they gave me. So, you know, I mean, yeah, he holds an MFA from, uh, Pacific university. Garcia is a multi-generational neo-Mexicano, originally from Santa Fe, New Mexico, now living in Southern California with his wife and children. And give us the name of the novel again. Uh, the name is of the novel is slip soul, slip soul, slip soul. Who's it from? This is with uh, Touchpoint Press. Okay. Yeah, that came out in August of 21. Yeah, 21. 21. And, yeah. the, and the short yeah. stories came out in? Uh, November of 21, and that oh, was wow. from Unsolicited Press. Yeah. Wow, wow. So did they have year. So with publishing, did they have any problem with that? Like, did any press kind of like, did they scoff at it? Like saying, we got he's got another book coming out? or? No, that, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know if those two things really ever came up. Mm. I mean, I know that... Um, I'm trying to remember. I know I got the offer for the short story collection first, mm-hmm. and then the novel offer came later. And I think I maybe just might have mentioned in passing, but there was never any word about that. And, and I think the offers came right before 2020. And so during 2020, obviously, we know where the world was right. in 2020. But so there was, it just never came up, you know? Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. That's great. Like what a year 2021 was, right? Oh my God. It's like, it's like if you're a writer, that's yeah. like, that's like, winning the lottery or getting struck by lightning. Like, how does that actually happen? Yeah. That two books right. get picked up in the same, I, I still, I still am completely dumbfounded by that. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I feel, I feel that way right now. Like wild grasses came out in November and That's then awesome. Tori house picked up the, the next book. What's the new one called? It's going to, it's currently called castaway. Um, oh. but, uh, it's a fishing reference. But it's about a young boy who immigrates from northern Mexico, kind of like where we're from, okay. and to Provo, Utah. And, oh, this is really um, good. And uh, it's kind of his life being starts an emo band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So really? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I, was like, <laughs> I wish. So his parents, his his parents get deported. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom 
his father was not legally here, but his mom was legally here. But because okay. because our current immigration law is if you house someone who is not here legally, you can get deported as well. So she, mm-hmm. so it's him kind of like, it's again, based on my grandma, my grandma Cordova, where she, wow. yeah. And so, um, uh, it, it's so my parents, and we talked about this originally or culturally, historically, they mm-hmm. left the Southern Colorado. My grandparents with my mom left Southern Colorado with the railroad. So they came up to Elko and then Ogden because my grandpa mm-hmm. was a railroad worker in okay. the 1940s after the war. And okay. he, they actually lived in those boxcars where they would convert the oh my gosh, convert yeah. the train cars into homes so that they could yeah. just link them onto the next train and take them down the road. Just so the container could, just going so my, down the my road. So my mom was actually born in a track house outside of Elko, Nevada, because oh. they're railroaders. So it's a book about uh, it's a book about New Mexico and Utah oh and Nevada gosh, and how, you know, uh, and, and immigration and, you know, and how, you know, mm-hmm. and how it worked that way. So it's the, the migration north through working on the railroad. So, and yeah, so it's, I'm excited. When is that one due out? When is that one? It'll be next summer. Next summer. Okay. So, yeah. Oh my so gosh. Summer, so I'm so really proud good. of you. That is exciting. I'm man. excited. I'm really, like you said, it feels like right now. Yeah. Like being struck by lightning. It feels like yeah. you, you had two books come out in 2021. Yeah. And in 2018, you would have never thought that, right? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. In fact, 20, I think it was 2018. I was actually thinking about just folding this whole thing up. Mm. Like I, I, mm. I remember I have like this little note taking app and I, you know, around the time of the new year, I always kind of like reevaluate goals. Wow. And I was like, if, you know, by the end of this year, if nothing happens, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of put this stuff to bed yeah. and whatever. So yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. You know what? You know what's really weird about that? I think you, you graduate. You graduated in 2012 from Pacific U, right? Twelve, yeah. Mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. 2011. And crazily enough, in 2017, I said the same thing to myself. I said, "I'm done." <laughs> I said, "I'm done." I said, "I'm done." I actually yeah. wrote a whole essay about 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 this, about how I wrapped it up, and I was like, "I'm," I didn't write for like six months, and then. And I'm convinced you're related. I but, swear uh, to God, yeah. it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> we, you and I are tapping from like literally the same pose, yeah, man. Like yeah. y- your book that you described, like so, Funk, Slip, Slip Soul is also an immigrant, like immigration story. Like right. that's a whole other thing. Like so, I'm telling you, man, we've yeah. got it. We got like probably six degrees or less. Oh of, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, yeah, like, um, brother from another mother. Right, right. Um, but that mine was 2017. I, we were actually. You're, you're, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. I like, actually, yeah. and I, actually, I, um, is there like a six year post MFA? Maybe, like, maybe bomb. that's it. Yeah. The six year itch. Uh, you <laughs> you're know, just like, screw this. I'm done. The MFA, let's see, it was supposed to do something for me. It did yeah, actually. Like, where's my contract? Right, right. Exactly. Well, I published a book in 2015, you know, and, and then after that, oh, the world went dry for me. And it was like, yeah. it was just rejection after rejection. I was like, I'm done. Um, yeah. But it's funny that you went back in 2018. It's the same way so I could. It was around that same time. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm like, why, why, why am I devoting all this time and right. energy? Yeah. To this. Yeah. Like, like, and I was like, I'm gonna have these other career goals. Right. I, you know, yeah. I went to yeah. this travel writing conference. Like literally, 2017. I'm like, I'm not gonna write creatively anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do this for money. And so I went right. to this travel writing conference and <laughs> spent all this money on trying to network travel writing and. Um, had a couple really good pieces in Southwest magazine for, for the, you know, the in-flight yeah. magazine and, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, basically yeah. all I did was write like memoir and they published it and I was like, this is great. I'm making like three wow. bucks, a, three bucks a word, you know? And I'm like, but then that's, that, 
that disappeared. The editor left and I never got another one again. But the same thing. Wow, I that's was, like you wanted to land. <clears throat> yeah, it was like, I was like, it was the exact same feeling. Um, so to be, yeah. to have a 2021 like yours, I congratulate you. I mean, this is, Thank you. it's got to feel amazing. Um, so we got to talk about the yeah. books, but this is the new Renaissance sure. case. I want to know more about Taylor than I want to know about. Yeah. No, the, I love oh, it. More about the writing. No, I love the writing. So I was, so I got to talk to you about one short story for sure. I've, yes, there's please. four that I want to talk about, but there's, there's love one, this Monica and Georgetown short story. Okay. I, I loved this short story. I'm so glad you love oh that. Oh my You're gosh. The first person that actually gave me comments on that. Okay. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Brandon knows that throughout our history for five years on literally people always say that's, you're the first person to ask me that question. Um, <laughs> cause I think I'm just a different reader. I had Tessa Fontaine on here and she said that she okay. said like, okay. where did you get that from? You know? And she's nice. Brandon, do you know how famous she is now? She's like, just, she's just famous. Tessa's wow. huge. No, uh, but that's great. Yeah, that's she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so where did you come up with this idea? This is a great idea. And so, so this the Monica. The Monica in, in Georgetown. <laughs> it's this idea that this, and this is the late nineties, right? Uh, yeah, late 90s, yeah. And um, she, so the protagonist goes and meets Monica as a journalist in a cafe and says, "I think that I'm Bill, Bill Clinton's, you know, son." son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give it away because I thought it was, I thought yeah. it was fun. Wait, wait, wait. I like really laughed because, so his mom's been telling him the whole time, his whole life that he's Bill Clinton's son, because when, right. when he was running for governor of, uh, Alabama, right? Uh, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. and he says, yeah, yeah, my politics. Um, and he says that she says that, well, there, while he's running, she, he impregnated her. Well, she never really says that. She just says that. Yeah, it's all play. It's uh, yeah, and so and so at the end it comes back, and I'm I'm gonna spoil this whole thing, uh, but it comes back and and the son goes and gets a meeting with Monica Lewinsky and says, I think that uh, I think Bill Clinton's yeah. my son, but I need you to help me prove it. And uh, Lewinsky's yeah. like just kind of brushes him off, like you need to go yeah. and you need DNA. And at that part <laughs> in the in the book, I was like, I, or in the short story, I thought, okay, where. Is he there to ask for Bill Clinton's DNA? You know, like, does he still have the, does he still have, does she still have the dress? Have the dress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought, oh, it's going to go there. And I was laughing, I was like laughing, oh you know, and I'm like, okay, this is really funny. So he goes back, he goes home and, at, well, her, his mom gets sick because she's kind of a hypochondriac. You have a couple, yeah. couple of hypochondriacs. Yeah, yes. in the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so she goes back and he says, Mom, what really happened? Because she thought she had a heart attack. And he says, she says, Well, he slapped me on the ass. When, right. And, and he's like, stuff. You know, you can't like get pregnant by that. So why <laughs> did you tell me all these years that we need to do this? And so I can have a political career and stuff. Yeah. But it fits <laughs> so well with the idea of this, of this collection. I really think Dang. so. Like, it's like, we have this family lore. Like my grandpa at Cordova, lore. he was always like, well, I'm French Canadian. Cause he went in the 1920s and thirties in Colorado and Utah. He didn't want to say that he was Mexican American or at the mm -hmm. time didn't know the idea of Neo Mexicano. Right. Yeah, so he would say, I'm French Canadian and Spanish and that's it. And you're like, well then how is my mom 40% native grandpa? Right. Like that, yeah. that can yeah. all come from grandma. That's right? all just straight <laughs> from Canada. For, yeah. Yeah. Straight from Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's this family lore thing that yeah. I found really interesting. And when I was writing my novel, I didn't, I mean, my memoir, I didn't realize this, but I had to interview my mom and she wouldn't talk to me for 40 years. And so finally she said, well, I can't talk to you about it because you were dead for two minutes when you were 10 Ooh. weeks old. But I just loved that story wow. because it felt like this whole encompassing <laughs> idea that you're doing here is like, this is how our families work. 
yeah. you know, but it's really was, it was off the wall with Monica Lewinsky and, and I, and I, like I read the title and it said Monica and Georgetown. I had no idea you're going to talk about Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's going to be anybody but Monica. And then, so, but what a, what a beautiful story. I laughed the whole time. Oh man. Um, because not because, you know, it's funny or whatever, but because deep down it's ironically family. It really, really sure. is. Like, where did that yeah. one come from? Like, where did that one come from? Well, no idea. Right? Yeah. Favorite stories. I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up and I, I love the way you described it. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I mentioned, I think earlier that, so I was, um, I used to be a journalist before I got into what I'm doing now. And, and before I started really writing creatively, I worked as a, a print journalist. I was a reporter. And then I had a brief stint in radio and it was during my, like, you know, I think I was a junior in college, 1998. And I took an internship in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there the summer of 1998, which was the summer of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. So that was right. the year that everything went down. And I was an intern. I was the same age as Monica Lewinsky. And I remember wow. that summer, the whole city is full of interns. And we were electrified by this story. Yeah. We were like, oh, my God, like we're all interns. And there's a girl out there our age who had a liaison with the president, with right. Bill Clinton. So that, that just, that like got in my psyche, right? And mm-hmm. that, that story just stuck there. And so, and I, I grew up in New Mexico in pretty political household. My dad was in politics my whole life. So I always had this like itch for politics and I, you know, kind of stayed close to it for a lot of my life. And so I think what I did is I kind of morphed the idea of, um, you know, Bill Clinton, who was kind of an enigma um, and kind of a mysterious and, you know, whatever opinions people have about him. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if there was this, there was this character um, that claims to be his son, right? Um, like an illegitimate child mm-hmm. that sort of came out of a liaison in Arkansas because, you know, Bill Clinton has a relationship. I mean, has a, has a reputation. Right. And, and so it kind of was based off of that. Um, the story was actually originally called Third Party because um, right. the mom was kind of the, the, the sort of dysfunctional mom had always been kind of pushing her son to get into politics. Like, you should really get into politics you should run for president one day. This country needs a third party. Like you would be really good because you're African-American and you're, you know, you're right. blended and your dad's Bill Clinton and like just continues to like create this, this false history. With right. Him. Right. Um, and, but at the end we realized that, that this is really just a mom and a son who are just so codependent on each other that just literally have to speak every week and just check in. And there's, there's some elements there of like me and my mom's relationship. There's obviously some political background in there. Yeah. There's that whole summer of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And then there's one other thing I'll share. So I was inspired by a friend of mine who wrote a story years ago. This, his name is Josh Goldfaden. He's passed away, but he wrote a collection of short stories. And one of his stories was um, about Bruce Springsteen, was a character in the story. Mm-hmm. And I was always really intrigued by like, how did this guy write like a public figure, a really well-known rock star into his story. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like intrigued by like, I want to do that. I want to somehow. And then it came later, like the Monica component came much later because hmm. it was just this sort of story between a mother and a son. And, yeah. And then I realized I was like, I think he has to go to coffee with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And boom, it just kind of came. So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fabulous. I love that story. Because look, I mean, if you were to put Monica Lewinsky in Georgetown, as the title, sure, just yeah. that would have been a different story, because you're right. in there, and all of a sudden you're reading, and you're like, "Oh wait, 
It's one. Yeah. 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 It's fabulous. I loved, I love that story. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was just witty. I thought that, um, I think you're, I think I I appreciated the way that she was just kind of like, you know what? Go do your thing. Why are you talking to me? Right. Um, she's such a, she's such a pop culture figure for our generation. Right. Right. Oh yeah. And even to this day, I, I can see her just saying this kind of stuff. Like, you know, don't bother me anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. That's I'm done with that stuff. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. I thought that was a really good one. The uh, the other one that I that I really really uh, kind of well, of course, the opening, the opening story, Bird Dog. Thank you. You know Bird that Dog. was. I always read. I always like to talk about the opening stories, just because there's a reason why it's the opening story. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um And. Yeah. This is about a, you know, this one hit me just because like I, like I said, I just recently lost my dad to Alzheimer's. And so this is a story about mental health and a father and a son who, a son who takes care of the father, even though the father is, has mental health issues, believes that he's different people. I loved the story because it was authentic, so authentic in that sense of we take care of our parents um but the protagonist almost envied his brother for Mm -hmm. walking away you know i thought that moment in that story was really really powerful where the protagonist said okay i'm gonna stick around the brother earlier had said no i mean it's a story of it's it's, as a summary it's a story about a, a father and a son and the father had divorced the mom um, and then moved in with a man, right? Like had yeah, had, had, yeah. had a had a relationship with with a man, and was um, and these sons didn't know how to deal with that. Um, yeah, yeah. And then they had to deal with his mental illness, his de- degradation of of his mind later on in life. And um, yeah. I just love the authenticity of it. You know, you. I thought those moments of because that's real. That's real. Yeah. It's like you know, I mean, yeah. you could walk away. Yeah. And then yeah. you, yeah, and those moments of like saying, "I'm just gonna play along," because <laughs> you no, know, I mean that's yeah, it's hard as shit. It's hard as so shit hard, to man. do it, and um, yeah. but at the same time, it's like why fight, you know? Right. I mean, so that's yeah. what I loved about that that story. So. Thank you, Case. That that means a lot to me. That's that's probably one of the stories that is, I don't know, kind of most poignant and most like closest to me and challenging to write, but also um, to your point, like just this idea of like in life, we decide when we have to confront something, do we want to fight it or do we want to dance with it? I've been saying this a lot yeah. with like in my coworker space and even my own children, you know, I'm like, you can either fight or you can just enjoy. Right. And and there's all these different ways you can go about it. And, and this is, this is a story about that where, you know, I think even us, like, you know, you're just sharing about your father and, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about his passing and, and I know that's tough. And, and I think we all have to deal with that at some point. We all have a date with that yeah. at some point. Yeah, and I know that, that um, as I look at, look at my family and I, my parents are getting older and, and a lot of this story was based on an elderly, um, we called her our aunt. This is also very typical in Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. We call her our aunt or tia, but she was actually like a distant cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. she lived literally down the, down the street from us, maybe mm-hmm. like I'd say maybe eight houses down from where we grew up in New Mexico, in Santa Fe. Never, uh, her husband died when, uh, when I was very young, she never had children and she just lived alone in her home. And she just started to, she lived alone. She had no one to talk to and she eventually had advanced dementia. But we would we would take care of her. We would take her plates of food. We would we would bring her, you know, everything she needed. We'd take her to the grocery. 
we ended up like becoming her conservator and we had a house, you know, help for her and everything. Um, and, and that was her life. And I remember just this, this existence of this, you know, very sad woman who didn't know who she was after a while. Yeah. You know, she literally just sort of lost her identity. Um, and I, and I, and I kind of blended it into, you know, some of my own nuclear family and some of the challenges we were going through at the time. And, and that became the story, but, um, but, it, but you're right. There is a component of like the siblings and, yeah. and I see this a lot. And I don't know if you see this in your family where, you know, there's the sibling that just, that just keeps to the core, right? They, they stay to the core of the family and they're never going to give up. And then there's the ones that get away, yeah. you know? Um, and I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit of both, you know, like I, I'm the one that got away, but I'm still really tethered. Um, and I think when it comes to these moments in our lives, um, you do have to ask yourself, like, you know, I, I've got to be there, you know, I've yeah. got to be there to support my family. And, and so there's that struggle, right. Between siblings and, and the, uh, the, ver the, the horizontal family in the, in the, in the, uh, in the family tree. Right. Yeah. Between siblings. yeah. How many siblings yeah. do you have? I have two older sisters okay. um, yeah. and they're quite, they're older than me, like by eight and six years. And so okay. they both still live in New Mexico. And, and so I am literally the one that got away because I live in San Diego. I'm on the West coast. Yeah. And um, I grew up, you know, a little bit sort of, you know, they, when I was like in elementary school, they were already in like junior high and high school and they were already working and had boyfriends. And I was just like the little kid playing Legos by myself. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why I'm a writer. <laughs> I was going to ask that. Does that play into your stories or your, your, your storytelling? Uh, I mean, cause you're, sure. I'm a memoir. I mean, I started as a memoirist, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, does that play into your stories? Like this kind of gap? Uh, you know, not, not directly. Not so yeah. Yeah. But I think, but I think certainly the idea of like, again, the family dynamic and sort of the sibling and the parent relationship, I think there's, that's what, that's where I think a lot of that comes through yeah. is the dynamics between a father and a daughter and a son and a mother and then you know the way siblings interact and i think yeah. that's where I, I have a lot of i gain a lot of like material from that when yeah. i think about absolutely and then, and then also in my i've got a huge family like as i'm sure you do where you know i've got on one side my dad's side of the family i've got i'm one of 17 first cousins and on my mom's side i'm one of like 40 some cousins yeah, yeah. first cousins right right and so i've seen all these sort of crazy stories and wild things yeah. i'm like i'm like these people are like they're as close as a brother and sister to me. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, so absolutely. That's yeah. So come to Utah, your family will feel small, but I was going to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, no, like my Cordova side is that way. Like, I don't know the Johnson side. I never really did, but yeah. the Cordova side is that way. It's like they, like we were all every Sunday we were at my grandma Cordova's house yes. and we were having, you know, like our family meal, you know, mm -hmm. and it was every Sunday. And if you, during the summer, basically we all lived there. It was like, you know, I mean, we just lived wow. at my grandma's house, like all of us. We yeah. were just there all the time. Um, you know, on Sundays, she would, you know, at Saturday nights, she would stay up and she would split the beans. She would split yeah. the rocks from the, because yeah. she would get a, ba a bag of, yeah. of, of beans, pinto yeah. beans and she would clean the beans. And you could mm -hmm. hear her slap the, slap the knife and slap the rock because, you know, there'd be rocks in there. And she'd, so I'd fall asleep to her, like, you know splitting yeah. the, the good beans from the bad beans and the rocks yep. into a bowl. Tossing the bad ones Tossing out. Tossing the bad ones out. out. And so you'd hear the knife slide and she'd cook, yeah. she'd cook those beans all night long, you know? And then so on Sundays we would have we our beans, it. tortillas, our chili verde, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But during the week, of course, we'd have SpaghettiOs. But, uh, you know, um, <laughs> but and spam. Oh my gosh, so much spam. So much spam. Oh, spam. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I, I love spam. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, my grandma had a pressure cooker and she would cook those beans and 
Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. I think every, I think every mom yeah. in the South has had a pressure, pressure cooker. cooker. Just cook those beans. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And in spam, but same thing with my cousins, we're like brothers and sisters. We all oh, yeah. are, you know, on that side yeah. of the family. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm, that's interesting about where it comes in. My, my, my wife has a family of, uh, she has six siblings. I have one brother. And so luckily with my, with my dad's passing, Jake and I did amazingly well together. We became, clo- we became closer, which is amazing. And so Good I thought you. about your story and it really just yeah. touched that I had one brother and mm. we were lucky. And so that one really, it really moved me, you know, it cool. really moved oh me. Oh my God. And, that's so cool. And, yeah. um, especially at this time in my life, I, you know, I yeah. mean, you know how it goes, you know, you read people's stuff, moment. you're at that yeah. moment. And so that's yeah. why that one really kind of, kind of touched me oh, that's great. on an that. authenticity level, um, yeah. about real thoughts, about the thoughts of just kind of just, yeah. Reckoning, you know, reckoning, yeah. walking in a way this, you mm-hmm. know, wondering if this is worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Brandon's just given me the, the five, the five minutes. Sure. So this is the question of the day. Like, okay. if you want to talk about this this book or your novel, and hopefully our millions of followers, you know, will <laughs> listen. Um, we've got quite a few followers, don't we, Brandon? A million and one. A million and one. We've got. Nice. I'd say our downloads are pretty darn good for yeah, okay. a book, a, a podcast about books. Yeah. What do you want to know about your writing, about these stories, about anything? Yeah, thank you, Case. I think it's, um, you know, I think as as writers, you know, we're we're looking for readers, we're looking for audiences, and you know, I think as as you know, someone who's published by an independent publisher, there's such a there's such a word of mouth component, mm-hmm. and and being able to share by having conversations just like this, right? Um, being able to talk about the books, so I, I just think you know like you guys for providing the space to do that for one. Um, and I think about this book and, and I think you and I've been kind of chatting about this sort of on and off before, like a lot of, a lot of this is about identity mm-hmm. and a lot of it is about, you know, kind of just who you are as a person and, and how you fit into a family, whether that's a family of your birth or a family of your choosing or even a network of people. Um, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by that. I think, uh, yeah. from like a sociological perspective I, I just love that study of like how do you fit in into a group or a family and also who are who you are within that group yeah. and how you can kind of embody different personalities with different groups yeah. you know yeah um and i think that's especially true in our culture where you know being being latino hispanic hispano Latino, whatever you want to call us right um we spend a lot of time code switching, you know, where a lot oh, yeah. of times like, Absolutely. you know, I'm super professional, you know, pharmaceutical rep guy. That's my day job. Right. Yeah. Then I'm literary, you know, writer guy. And, and so you put on all these different sort of faces for people. And, and so, but we all have a core, we all have a real identity. And so I think that's what these stories are about is just like getting to the real, like boiling down who these people really are, these characters, and you get to see them at their like most raw moment. Like, like, you know, you talk about the one bird dog where he's like, oh, my God, my dad is pretty much doesn't have any idea where he is. Yeah. But I love him so much that yeah. I'm going to take him out to one last dinner. Right. 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 You know, just these just these like moments that like give you the chills like, wow, like he's he's actually stopping and he's going to do that thing. Right. And and so I think that's what I like to see is because then you, you get to see the true identity aside from whatever role they're playing. Right. Yeah. This is who they really are. Right. Yeah. They're, they're they're willing to take that time out. So I would say like if somebody's exploring you know, family relations, they're trying to understand themselves in the world, their identity. This would be a, a book to check out. You know, it's something to 
to understand about people, how they interact. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but I love the psychology of yeah. relationships and families and how people communicate. And so I think those are things that I'm, you know, excited about when I think about this book. Yeah, it's a great book. So it definitely has, you know, every story I thought was funny. It had heart, <laughs> funny in a way that like, not, you know, not ha ha funny, but you know, something yeah. that said something, you know, it said something. Sure. Um, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. the book Functional Families uh, by Taylor Garcia. Please pick it up. Uh, this is Case Johnson. This is literally podcast. Um, thank you for joining us tonight, Taylor. And uh, when the next book, I think we should probably do the novel. I think we should do the to. novel. We think Brandon. Oh my God, I love to. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon's yeah. in. And I'm going to explain my, my emo joke. <laughs> uh, okay. Cause, cause yeah, yeah, because I get it. Back, get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, um, so Provo, Youth, Provo Orm, Utah is known for a high LDS contingency. Yes. And uh, yeah. just so happens to have spun off a, a, a hotbed of alternative punk music. Well, like, like um, wow. Who's who's the big one? Who's the uh, big Imagine Dragons? Imagine Dragons, yeah. yeah. Like, but uh, big bands, cool oh. bands, like hot bands isn't, are coming out of yeah. Provo. Isn't, or, isn't like Franz Ferdinand from Provo too? I can't. I think I, that, that one I don't know. But, but yeah, like big bands yeah. have come out of Provo. Big so, bands of really big bands. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, yeah it is. Anyway. Yeah. That was wow. so. That was like an inside inside joke I, when yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. That was a little meta. So well, I had to explain it. The book actually is very social. It's very like kind of. You know, like media forward in the sense that yeah. this young boy, his parents get taken, they get deported. Um, mm -hmm. and he lives with his aunt Elena, who's based on my grandma Della. <laughs> you know, of course, yeah. every book is. And he's his goal in life is to win Survivor uh -huh. so that he can bring his family <laughs> Love home. That. Love that. And That's so, awesome. but really, honestly, it's a book about dreamers. It's about yeah. the Dream Act and how if the Dream Act were actually enacted, mm -hmm. it would be a really good thing. Young people coming here making good in America can, you know, just being wonderful, adding to America in such positive, wonderful ways. By being a punk oh, band. Awesome. By being a punk emo yeah, band. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> but so, you know, there is survivor in the book. Um, Love it. I did, I did tweet at Brett, Jeff Probst when I got the book announcement. He did not answer. Did you really? Oh my he God. He didn't answer. Tweeted at CBS survivor. I wanted to give them the first rights to buy the, by the movie right. Oh yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> or maybe that maybe they invite you on to be on Survivor. Well, my wife know. thinks I should. Oh, you like, should. Like I've been man. a fan it's... forever and I it is my like I read a lot, I write a lot, but Survivor is my kind of like dead head space. Like if That's your if I if I want to just yeah, if I want to drink a glass of wine and just okay. zone out, I love Survivor. And so that made it into the book. I'm just learning this. This is very interesting. I love Survivor. I love Survivor. And my friend Trevor, you know Trevor? Yeah. Yeah, he actually produced a whole season he, of Survivor. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, that's wow. what he does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, dude, you should get on it. I, I know. I think I should be... get on. And, uh, well, I'm, yeah. And so, you know, yeah, Trevor, he produced quite a few things. He's really great. Uh, Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers you know, the, uh, is one of them. He got an Emmy for Wahlburgers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Wahlburgers. I've heard of that. You yeah. know, the, this. Uh, I follow this yoga instructor on on um instagram and i've taken some of his classes virtually he's a he's a survivor contestant oh. and that's what kind of propelled him to become like this super famous yoga instructor yeah um and so yeah i think it's so he it's, was on survivor he, he was on survivor i don't what, know what season what's name what's but, his name um, his name is vitas yeah i know like vitas i've watched them all <laughs> I've okay watched... you know yeah so, you know yeah. Uh, so he, he yeah, yeah he's like an la like really yeah. famous la yoga instructor yeah. and he's on all these apps and like 
I've been in, into yoga like the last couple of years and and I was like, I want to know more about this guy. And I'm like, he was a survivor. Like yeah. he was on Survivor. Yeah. Like I think he got pretty far. Like yeah, yeah, he did. I yeah. follow this lady on Instagram. She's a sexual wellness coach. Okay. And she was on Survivor. <laughs> like yeah, there's a lot of very interesting characters yeah. on there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna apply now that Lucas is older. Now oh. that he's like 11 and he can make it. You should. Like when he was younger, I didn't want to leave the family. I left the family for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016. Cause I got a writing internship, a writing residency as an artist in residence in Barcelona. And oh I left for three weeks. Oh, I want that. <laughs> it was, I, I got so depressed. Did you? Really? I was so depressed. Yeah. yeah. But you had a young well, kid. Was, yeah. He was, was young. He was 16, six. He was four. Oh, okay. How old are your kids now? He, yeah. I have an 11 year old. Yeah. Oh, 11 year old. Okay. Yeah. And he was four and I got so, I got so depressed. Like. I, it was yeah. the longest three weeks. I wrote a whole novel in three weeks. I was um, going to say, you probably churned out some Oh, I did. Art. Well, I told my wife, if I'm going to leave the family for three weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. It ended up being actually 28 days, almost, yeah, almost wow. four weeks. And it was amazing and it was all paid for. And I would drink Spanish wine every day and write and run. Um, oh my God. That's but amazing. I, it, is, it was amazing, but I felt, I think I just got really depressed. And so now I think I could do it again, but it, it took a while. I'm going away this summer back to New Mexico. We're going to Albuquerque for two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, there's this class through UNM, the University of New Mexico, where I'm sure you've probably heard of a, like what curanderismo, which is basically like curanderas, like you yeah. know, basically like spiritual healers. And I've al- I've always been interested in this. this. Is actually another book topic that's you know in here somewhere that right. has to come out. And so I'm going to take this class. It's a two week class. So I'll be away from my family for two weeks. And yeah. so I haven't had that. My kids are eight and seven. It's hard. Two boys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, yeah. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I get that. But, it's like a mix. Like yeah, I did, I did, like I did AWP this year and I was gone like six days. Mm-hmm. And that's b- a long time. Yeah. by the time I got home, I was ready to be home. Yeah. You know, the first three days I was, I was stoked, you know, I was like, like, all right, I know this is so much fun (laughs) and there's a bunch of writers. And then I was like, day four, I was like, I'm ready to come home. You're like, I'm homesick. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what happens, especially if you're, you're, you know, a family man. I mean, yeah, you start to feel those, those strings. Brandon, Brandon gets that stuff. Oh, I like my wife. Yeah. Uh, I like my wife. Yeah. I'll go on trips. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four days in. You're getting, yeah, I want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Time to get back. Yeah, yeah. that's how. Exactly well, it's also how. responsibility. I mean, there's. Oh yeah. I think nowadays. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I mean, I mentioned it a little bit of the call, but like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super involved in a lot of like the domestic, you know, day to day tactical work of the family, and so I always get like when I leave the house, I'm like, if I take like a day business trip, I'm like, do you guys have food? Do you have everything you need? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, an, I'll cook for you guys. Like, I don't want you to be without, you know. So yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. But yeah. Case, I have a question for you. Yeah. Where's the best place? Like, how do you like? I mean, I get this question a lot too. But like, what's the best way to buy your book so that you get, you know, return? Or should I write a review? Because I want to buy both of. Well, I want to buy where the wildflowers, where Not the wildflowers grow, right? Where the wild grasses grow. grasses grow. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um. um I would. I would go me? to honestly. I would go to Amazon. Okay. And then re- because because of reviews, you know how it yeah. goes with them. Like if you buy it from them. Then you like if you don't buy it from Amazon, you put a review on there. I don't know if people know this, and I know Taylor does, but if you don't buy yeah. it from, I, I if you don't buy it from Amazon and then you put a review, they may not even put the review up, like because yeah. Amazon they say it's they like if you buy it from Amazon then put the review, 
Then they say mm-hmm. Amazon customer. Verified buyer. Verified buyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Amazon, yeah, it's, a lot of- it's a lot of, it's it sucks because they're in charge. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can buy it from yeah. Tory House, which is great because I get better royalties if you buy it. Straight. That's the publisher. Yeah. 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 But, um, but if you buy it from Amazon and put the review there, that's better for us, right? So did both come out from Tory House? The this the one did, and then the new okay. one will be, next year will become from come from Tory House. Where's Tory House out of? Is it's it... Utah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. You should look into them. If like yeah. you're look, if you've got something going on that is kind mm-hmm. of like what we've talked about today a lot yeah, with, it is. with yeah. like this area of the country. Sure. Um, they're, they are the, probably the most, one of the most respected presses in the Southwest. Awesome. And, I would love to look them up. And yeah, I think are, I've heard of them, but I've yeah, heard, yeah. Yeah. They've put out yeah. like, well, Pam Houston put out a book with them recently. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're really, really well respected. So yeah, if you've got anything that's in the Southwest, okay. let me know and then I'll get it straight to them Oh, that'd be instead awesome, of going man. through the slush pile. Because yeah. they love this, they love Colorado, they love New Mexico, they love oh Nevada. Okay. They, this is, they are the oh, largest awesome. nonprofit publisher in the Western United States. Okay, um, but that is great to know. Yeah, but go but to ne- their go to their website. Yeah, they okay. just published a book by Craig Childs. They they okay. they do really. Um, Laura Pritchett from Pacific. They, okay. Oh yeah. She just signed a contract with them, and wow. so yeah, they okay. are. They're I feel in really good company. And like you said, just I just feel lucky. Just that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, because yeah. Cool. My next, the next book, the work, the one I'm working on right now is sort of this. You know, speaking of the genealogy, it's it's the, um, it's sort of like the the you know the the 200 year saga of like going back to this one common ancestor and writing sort of the story of like kind of how we got to where we are in, in New Mexico, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be sort of like a a family saga, and then I've got this idea of like these curandera sort of stories yeah. bubbling. So that's a great recommendation. They would be perfect. Um, they would love it. All, the, all cool. like they're they're environmentally based. So as long as you're okay. talking about the land a little mm. bit, then okay. like my first book talked about the land a lot, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about the Dust Bowl and how we kind of mistreated the earth, you know, through yeah. narrative. The mm-hmm. second one only talks about the salt flats and the tr- railroads and stuff. Okay. But it's historical, and it talks about this part of the world, and they love that. They absolutely love it. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Great yeah. to know that. Yeah, there but don't, a question I had for you. Don't go yeah. through the slush pile, though. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Thank you for that lead. Yeah. Oh, that was a question I had for you. You, you. There was another writer, a book you recommended called, a, is it called Appropriation? or Appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah, Appropriate by Paisley Rechdahl. Oh, and Paisley. She's, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's Rechdahl. A-R-E-K-D-A-L. D A L or D A H L? D A H L. Yeah, she's okay. Utah. She's Utah's poet laureate, um, okay. and okay. she is, as Brandon knows, probably, I don't know, the most intelligent person. Sorry, Taylor. Sorry, Brian. But, <laughs> Sorry, me. But, but the most intelligent person we've ever had. Like she is kind of like, she's stinking amazing. Um, that's she's got awesome. like, I'm going to look her up. 12, yeah, I love, I love that topic too. So oh, that's... and and she does it. And she, she, I asked her if this book was book about. Like I, I, I call it like a social, like, what did I say? A sociology book or something like that. And she said, no, it's a craft book. Yeah. And I was cool. like, oh. Rectal, no, no H. No Rectal, okay. Yeah. She is spectacular. She's a professor at the University of Utah. Yeah. Professor awesome. Emeritus. Cool. Yes. And the Poet Laureate. And the Poet Laureate. And she's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. Right, Brandon? 
Yeah, she's just I can't wait to look no, her she's up. great. Yeah, she's great. So yeah, there's I think there's so much more of this kind of dialogue narrative coming into writing now, especially as people are going back to the idea of identity and yeah. exploring their own, you know, history, their family histories. I think this is this is a real big. I mean, there's a huge wave of this. So there I'm, is. I'm glad you shared that with. Well, me. and I just love the idea of your. I mean, of your preface. I wrote my, I wrote my publisher today and I said, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I said, because I answered so many of these questions about the last book, like, how can you write this? I'm like, these are literally my grandparents. Like these are, they're from, this this is where, this is them. They are on Mm -hmm. the page. This Mm -hmm. was their life. Cool. Um, what, I think the preface would do a lot of work for me, you know, in, in that way. Yeah, and, it's, and I think what's cool about it is it's not the preface like that you normally think of when you open right, a book. No, it's yeah. just sort of like, and I put it, it's the same preface in the novel, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I'm putting this so that readers know because, you know, writers can be pretty ruthless. Readers can be pretty ruthless. Yes. And not the whole like they can be ruthless thing, but like I just want to be transparent yeah. and people know where I'm coming from yeah. so that you understand that, you know, I can tell a story, right? right, right. Um so that's, yeah, that's, I, I'm glad you think, I'm glad I inspired you. No, it's you huge. Said. I even wrote my agent and I said, I want this in every book. Nice. Um, oh, nice, man. And cool. I told her that I want it on my bio. Cool. This, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. because like, I've been working on the essay for about a month and a half. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I might send it your way. I might send it your way I before say, I send it off. Yeah. Please. I was going to say, like, let's, let's, let's make this like a, a, an open door for sharing yeah. or beta yeah. reading or whatever. I mean, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to be going to, have you heard of the Macondo Read, Writers Conference? It's yeah, of, I, you know what? I just heard of it multiple times in the yeah. last, like, do you know how it goes? Um, it, like in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So there you go. Yeah. You got, you got the the universe pointed to you. So I, mm. I was accepted to go this year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going this summer. It's not, it's virtual. It's not going to be, it's usually it's in San Antonio, but, mm-hmm. but um, I, I need to finish the first chapter of the book I'm telling you about yeah so i'd love if you could take a look at it someday that'd be awesome and i maybe i'd like to send you this essay too because it's it's basically what you were talking about i've been kind of fiddling with it a lot so i'd love to check it out man yeah Yeah. that'd be cool yeah i think i think that's great i think i think sharing this type of dialogue with a fellow writer who has similar topics i mean we've got to keep the conversation going yeah yeah because you never feel like you're ever in the right place oh i know i know (laughs) yeah you're always just like well but yeah, exactly. And you have to, I was trying to play a role. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. it was great to talk to you. Um, hey, Brandon, you. I think we should keep the last part of this whole dialogue on. What do you think? I can keep as much as you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm recording. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, thanks so much. This is Case Johnson's Literally Podcast. Uh, we're talking with Brian Taylor, Taylor Garcia, um, about his new books, multiple books. Uh, thanks for, thank thanks you. for joining thanks, us. Kate. Yep. And thank you, Brandon, for your help. And great yeah. to talk to you, Case. Yeah. Let's, definitely stand up. Absolutely.